1: You are Locked
2: On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Your team. Every, day, every day. Every day. Every day. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard to the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 223. That's right, 223. And hope you all had a great weekend. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, I am uh, on location for the first couple of days of this week in Canton, Ohio, uh, visiting my daughter and my son, uh, who live here near the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Some of you may remember I made my first trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame on my last trip here in, I believe that was mid-February. Yeah, mid-February. Uh, so they came to see me at the end of March. So uh, now it's early April, my daughter's 15th birthday. Uh, here is uh, Monday, May 6th. So spending a couple of days uh, with them. So, um, you know, a little bit of a different location. I uh, don't think I'm going to be able to get back to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this time, but that's okay. I uh, made an A trip there again the last time, and it's great. If you've never been there, uh, certainly highly encourage you to go. As big of a sports fan as I am, uh, and hockey, baseball, and football are my things, I had never been to any of the Hall of Fame. Still have not been to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And still have not been to the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, in Toronto, and getting to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, and seeing a guy I used to work with, and Gil Brandt um, up on the montage and about ready to get inducted, and you know, of course, some of the great Redskins um, that have been enshrined and that are going to be, um, you know, I guess Champ Bailey still technically qualifies as one of those, even though he was traded for uh, Clinton Portis. Um, you know, and then seeing, you know, some of the legends and some of the greats that have already uh, had their bust enshrined and taking, you know, pictures of all their busts and seeing how great uh, this franchise that we do the podcast about was at one point. Uh, and... You know, then seeing some of the guys that I grew up admiring and, you know, kind of watching all the time as a kid growing up on Long Island. Uh, We got a lot of Giants and Jets games, I can tell you that. It was before the NFL Sunday ticket. So, you know, saw a lot of Giants games with Lawrence Taylor and Bill Parcells and Harry Carson and all those guys, Uh, you know, just to kind of see a lot of that lineage and history. And uh, it, it really is. Very much worth it if you can ever make it to Canton, Ohio, uh, which, again, is where I am right now uh, as we do this Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, it is episode number 223, 223. Here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter as well. At Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all your NFL team news and information. You can follow me individually at russellmania Six. at WrestleMania 621. All right, so we got a lot to get to. Uh, We're going to try and get to as much of it as we possibly can. Uh, One thing that I wanted to get to uh, that I didn't get to from last week is Sports Illustrated uh, has put out a power rankings poll now post the main part of free agency and, of course, post-draft. And it's interesting to kind of look around and see how people's perceptions change and what people think. And again, polls are just that. They're just polls. They're samplings. Uh, They're not accurate. They're not real. They're not realistic. They're not legitimate. They're just a measuring stick, basically. It's just something to upset people, quite honestly. Um, So here's the thing that I found very interesting, Uh, Again, SI through the MMQB put out this poll last week and they had the Redskins as the 25th best team and ranked as the 25th best team in the NFL. That in and of itself might not shock you, but the problem is is the previous ranking, meaning before free agency and before the draft, was 23rd, meaning the Redskins went down in ranking. They're highest place vote was second their lowest place vote was 31st um so there's a wide kind of gap if you will now of course as you know they were 7 and 9 last year 7 and 9 the year before that lots of injuries and as si kind of notes and this just the way they write it up quote will it be Dwayne Haskins or Case Keenum starting in week one either way it sounds more promising that than some of Washington's options down the stretch last season yeah no bleep Sherlock of course it does but I just don't understand how the Redskins went from 23rd through 25th now you might say well okay I guess that can happen an outlier but These are people that follow the NFL and vote and think and analytically kind of study the NFL from a big-picture perspective. Doesn't mean they're right about everything, but you have guys like Andy Benoit, who I have tremendous respect for, one of their staff writers who watches all the film of every game, Andrew Brandt, uh, who is a longtime executive of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, You have a bunch of uh, other writers, Ben Baskin, Mitch Goldich, uh, producers, editors, Gary Grambling, Jonathan Jones, Kaylin Kaler. Uh, Again, Jenny Frentis, who's a senior writer for the MMQB. Uh, These people are not idiots. And yet somehow, some way, the Washington Redskins went from... 23 through 25 now again this is rankings from right after the super bowl and it's understandable that they lost a bunch of guys uh, as we've talked about they lost um jameson crowder uh they lost preston smith but they've also now drafted very well according to just about everyone and also added landon collins uh and Reuben Foster, we found out he's not going to be suspended, at least for now. And then they added a couple of other pieces, like at Eric Flowers in free agency. Uh, and, of course, again, they did lose some pieces, as we know. They added Case Keenum in the wash. So, you know, like, I don't know how the Redskins go from 23 to 25, quite honestly. I really don't. I mean, you could make an argument that they should stay, you know, the same. But like, for instance, the Detroit Lions went from 25th to 22nd. Now, they were 6-10 and last year, and certainly I think they're better than that. We can't say definitively that the Detroit Lions are better than the Washington Redskins, can we? I don't think we can. The Jacksonville Jaguars went from twenty seventh through twenty third uh, to twenty third. Now, of course, Nick Foles is the reason for that. But is Nick Foles going to absolutely crush it like he did in Philadelphia? Is he going to be better than Blake? Bo- of course, of course. Only the Broncos, you know, had a pretty uh, a, a bigger drop at least in the grouping. They went from twenty through twenty uh, to twenty fourth, right one step ahead of the Redskins. Uh, Even the Jets went from 29th to 26th, one step below the Redskins. So, again, for whatever these things are worth, you take them for whatever they're worth. They're not worth a whole lot, to be quite honest with, with you, if we're just being honest, right? It's just not worth a whole lot. All right. Uh, why don't we take a timeout? We'll come back. My buddy Grant Paulson ranked all of the Redskins quarterbacks of this past era and curious to kind of throw that out there and see what we can come up with in terms of some analysis there. Plus, we have some front office rumblings and rumors that we've got to drop right on your doorstep right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast episode number 223. Good to have you aboard with us on LOR. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode All right, back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 223. I am your host, Chris Russell, and uh, we come to you from Canton, Ohio, side of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and certainly the Redskins have not had many quarterbacks that are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, certainly in the most recent era of Redskins football, and that's quite honestly why they haven't won a Super Bowl and why they haven't made it back uh, in 27 years. That's right. So... My buddy Grant Paulson, who I work with at 1067, the fan, longtime friend, and he also works for The Athletic and 14 other different outlets, uh, he wrote and penned a column uh, last week that I haven't gotten to yet that I wanted to bring up for your guys' attention, and it's called Rank 'em Thursday. Uh, And what he did was he ranked with a brief synopsis the Redskins' quarterbacks in the last 27 years, uh, and he pointed out that. If and when Dwayne Haskins does start at some point in 2019, along with Case Keenum, and, you know, of course, Colt McCoy has already started, so he's already included in this, even though he's got injuries up the wazoo, whatever Redskin, new Redskins quarterback starts will be their 27th signal caller to start a game for the Redskins organization since Mark Rippon and the Redskins last won the Super Bowl, again, 27 years ago. So that would be 27 quarterbacks in 27 years Uh, that's generally not a good sign right and of course that's why the redskins have struggled the most all right so let's get to this i wanted to start with the top five and work in reverse order because i think this will generate certainly some debate from grant um and number 5 is Robert Griffin the 3rd. And as Grant points out, great rookie year, 2012, uh, you know, I was a big part of that in terms of the coverage. I mean, it was just incredible to watch that and to meet Robert and to work with Robert and to get to know Robert and the good and some of the not so good uh, and the injury and some of the magic and, uh, you know, some of the contentious nature of the relationship between he, Mike Shanahan, his family, Dan Snyder, so on and so forth. It of course led to the, You know, the firing of Mike and Kyle Shanahan and much of their coaching staff uh, and a fallout. And then when Jay Gruden inherited Robert Griffin, uh, he quickly realized that Robert Griffin could not throw from the pocket, which was Mike's contention. uh, And Uh, There was all sorts of problems, Uh, but Grant ranks him as the fifth best Redskins quarterback of this non Super Bowl era. And here's what he writes. Griffin's 2012 season may have been more impressive and was certainly more captivating than any year of any of the quarterbacks on this list compiled. But he scuffled in 2013 before being benched and he was worse in 2014. All of that is correct also resulting in a benching. His career Redskins totals 40 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, not bad, and over 9,000 yards despite only starting 35 games are impressive, as Grant points out. I still wonder what might have happened if he didn't get hurt against the Baltimore Ravens in December of 2012. Uh, You know, Grant doesn't point out the sacks and, again, the acrimony and the, um, you know, some of the problems that as more tape was exposed on Griffin, and as teams got more and more pressure and hit him more and sacked him more, what that did to derail an offense, certainly a lot of that success, most of that success coming in 2012 for the difference in the statistics and why you can't just look at just one set of statistics or one thing, which is what often people do with Colin Kaepernick for argument's sake. Um, Here's what I would say. You know, Robert Griffin III was an interesting guy to cover uh, and to get to know. I, I, we had a little bit of a falling out at the end, I'm going to be honest with you. So I haven't talked to him in several years, uh, and that's okay. I, You know, he doesn't care about me, and I don't care, you know, about that. I won't say I don't care about him. Uh, you know, that's not fair for me. Uh, the bottom line is, is, you know, it was a very, very, very contentious situation. And Griffin brought some magic, but that magic was fleeting. I don't think the injury derailed his career. I think the injury provided some extra gasoline on the flames quite honestly, because then it was, I'm going to be back for week one. I'm playing week one one way or the other. Uh, Then they decide to hold him out of training camp, or I should say out of the preseason. Uh, He hasn't played a game on the surgically repaired knee until he comes out in the 2013 opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, it's kind of a disaster from the get go. And then they get their clocks cleaned uh, to five days, five and a half days later in green Bay. uh, And it's just a mess. It's just a mess. Uh, And that season goes on, and the acrimony and the bitterness gets more prevalent, and the divide between coach, coaching staff, quarterback, player, media, family just gets wider and wider and wider. I have no doubt that if Robert Griffin III would have stayed healthy, I think Robert Griffin III would have had a longer tenure here. I do not think that Robert Griffin III, if he would have stayed healthy, and again, this was part of the problem when you already draft a guy with a ACL in the past, and a scrambling quarterback at that who struggled to throw from the pocket. I do not believe Robert Griffin would have been long-term successful here. Would he have had more success? Would he have had a longer tenure? Yes, probably. Absolutely. Uh, number four on the list, Jason Campbell, former Redskins quarterback. I first covered Jason Campbell in my first year on the beat back in 2009, former first-round pick of Joe Gibbs and the Redskins Um and that was at the back part of that round. If memory serves me correct, that was a trade up. I could be wrong on that. Um, great start to the 2008 season when the Redskins started 6-2. and two. Uh, As Grant notes, he was not great. He was never bad. He was just kind of there, he didn't make any big plays, and he rarely made egregious mistakes. Uh, as Grant further points out in the Athletic, he was ultra durable, and his patience with coaching staff changes and new playbooks was as long as his windup. And certainly, he did have a long looping uh, windup, which led to some problems in uh, in sacks and incomplete passes and batted down balls. Um, so, Jason Campbell, and by the way, Jason Campbell was a great, great guy to cover. Uh, just a humble. Nice young man uh, And I certainly wish him Nothing but the best Mark Brunel Is number three uh, On the list Of course Quickly signed Or you know Early in Joe Gibbs Part Duh uh, Back in 2004 Had some big 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 days uh, And You know, played basically for three years with the Redskins. He was at that point 36, so he was already on the downside of his career. 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in 2005 uh, when Joe Gibbs and the Redskins made a Magic Carpet Ride playoff appearance, even winning on the road in Tampa Bay uh, before then the next week losing uh, in Seattle and, of course, as Grant points out, the Monday night miracle in Dallas to Santana Moss for a couple of key touchdowns in week two of that year. Brad Johnson is number two uh, on the list. Johnson, as Grant points out, one of only two quarterbacks for the Redskins to win a playoff game since 1991, 4,005 passing yards uh, in 1999 for the NFL's number two offense. And, They had a 13-0 lead in the second round of the playoffs before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came back and won down in Tampa. Of course, Brad Johnson uh, certainly went on to other success in the NFL, i.e. a Super Bowl with, ironically, again, the team that kind of led to his demise uh, in that 13-0 second-round lead, uh, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under John Gruden. Now... Um, number one on the list, and this probably should not surprise anybody if you know Grant, and it's hard to argue statistically and performance-wise for three years as a starter and a couple of other moments along the way, Kirk Cousins. And as Grant points out, don't allow a messy divorce to color your memory. Won a division title, made a Pro Bowl, uh, threw for 4,000 yards three years in a row, 57 starts, ranked fourth in passing yards fifth in completion sixth in touchdowns um you know of course he had his down moments but as we tried to tell everyone and Anyone who would listen all across the way, Kirk Cousins was a damn good quarterback here for the Washington Redskins. They never valued him. They never believed in him. They never truly saw what a lot of us saw, and that's why the Redskins are still in this upheaval at the position unless Dwayne Haskins is absolutely the guy. All right, the rest of the list available at the Athletic um and their dc website we'll try and go over the rest of the list at some point uh probably on the next episode but we can't do it right now i highly suggest you go and check it out all right when we come back we'll finish up the show with some word on a couple of potential additions to the front office and the redskins scouting staff and what doug williams could be looking at that's next right here on the locked on redskins podcast thanks for being with us Alright guys, it is Chris Russell here of the Locked On Redskins podcast. And you know what? We normally talk about football, but now we're gonna talk about sex. Ah, that's right. Something everybody likes, or at least you should like. A good sex, right? I mean, that's important too. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas, or wherever you might. Do stuff like this. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. blue. Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. And guess what, fellas? You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready to go whenever an opportunity arises. That's right. Mm-hmm. So guys, listen, try not to share these things. Uh, but you know, when you take the blue chew, trust me, it's going to work. And it's going to work well for you. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their pe- performance in the bedroom. So get to it right now. Right now, we've got a special deal for our Locked On Redskins listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Redskins podcast.
0: Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: All right. So we finish up the Locked on Redskins podcast episode number 223 like this. With just a couple of minutes to go, a couple of front office rumors and rumblings. So Doug Williams, the Redskins Senior Vice President of Player Personnel, is uh, is scheduled to meet with Bruce Allen, President Bruce Allen, at some point. In this upcoming week, and from what I've heard from a couple of different people is that Doug has a plan in place uh, to kind of expand uh, his scouting department and further cement his role within the Redskins front office structure and the Washington Redskins organization. Um, Now, what I'm at liberty to tell you guys is this. Uh, that two names that are on the Redskins' radar screen, as it's been described to me, or uh, that will be presented at least to Bruce Allen if he's not already in conjunction with this, uh, that part I'm not exactly sure of, is former Redskin offensive lineman Raleigh McKenzie. Now, Raleigh McKenzie, that name might ring a bell, right? His brother Reggie was just fired as the Oakland Raider general manager midway through last year by John Gruden. He is now a senior executive with the Miami Dolphins. But Raleigh McKenzie was just let go also by the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden. He was working under his brother. That was expected. That was planned. He also played for the Washington Redskins. Yeah. So there's ties here. He's been back for corporate functions and alumni functions and alumni weekends. So listen, there is a good relationship here within the organization. He is a scout uh he has done this for a living um i don't know how good he is at it quite honestly i mean the raiders have had uh, some hard times but certainly they were moving in the right direction a couple years ago and he is available right now now i don't know if he goes and joins his brother reggie which would make some sense in miami but remember reggie is not the gm there so there might be some limitations in that regard uh, but I'm told he is on the radar screen uh, for the Washington Redskins. Now, whether that means he will be brought here or not, don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Cannot say that clearer enough. It's just a name that you should be aware of. You should also be aware of this name. Larry Wright. Larry Wright. He is a former Pro Scout with the Houston Texans and before that, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was let go by the Texans a little over a year ago, I believe it was uh and uh he was part of a front office purge uh there he was um with the Texans again after serving as the Jacksonville Jaguars assistant director a uh, pro per- personnel uh, he was let go of again at a a group of three or four uh, members of the Houston Texans a little over a year ago. So uh, that is a name that, again, I'm told might also interview this week for a position in the Redskins front office as a scout, uh, you know, on on the pro side, uh, possibly. So Larry Wright is also a name that you should keep in mind in that regard. One last one for you, Cole Spencer. Cole Spencer has been a college scout for the Washington Redskins for the last uh, several years, does a good job. At one point, the Redskins drafted his brother, Evan Spencer. Uh, that didn't work out necessarily for him, but Cole Spencer has kept his career on the rise. And of course, the Redskins uh, are have a little bit of shine to them because of how they've handled the college draft over the last three years under Kyle Smith, uh, really two and a half years under Kyle Smith, uh, and certainly off of this draft. And his name is certainly jumping up in league circles I'm told there are a couple of teams that have poked around and that are interested at least in potentially bringing in Cole Spencer uh, to their organization now the Redskins could obviously try and keep him and shoot to keep him with either a promotion or a more money. I do not know the status of that particular situation right now. Uh, I am efforting uh, and we will bring you anything that we can find out over the next couple of days and maybe weeks. Uh, These things tend to take a little while of time, but teams want to get everything kind of wrapped up here uh, by like, say, mid-May, maybe May 18th, 17th. There's another set of league meetings uh, coming up. So, again, just wanted to keep those three names on your radar screen. Raleigh McKenzie and Larry Wright may be interviewing for Scouting positions with the Washington Redskins at some point over the next week or so uh, as Doug Williams meets with Bruce Allen to kind of outline his plan uh, for the scouting staff and the scouting department, which he by title runs. Uh, And on top of that, Cole Spencer is a guy that the Redskins could lose, or certainly they could find a way to promote and promote through the chain, either through role, title and or money and try and keep him. He is highly regarded in NFL circles. And from what I understand, the Redskins as well understand how talented and how good he is at his job. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast episode number 223 from Canton, Ohio, set of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I just passed it earlier today from when I'm recording this. um, And a happy birthday, a happy 15th birthday to my lovely daughter, Natalie. She's awesome. That's why I'm here. Uh, So I've got to get done with this and get off. Uh, Thanks for being with us right here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast.